You know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. in my normal conversation um it's okay um yeah so I think I said on the last week that I hurt my back and then it got a little bit better and then my ass decided that I was gonna I should do a hit class because I need whatever because it's hard for me not to work out and I picked up too heavy of a weight to do with front squats only 30 pounds, which is like not a lot, but was too much for me to hold and fucked my back. So, and was like so much fucking worse than before. Like I was in seven out of 10 pain all day Friday. Like couldn't sit, stand, like exist. I like- Only a nurse would. (laughs) What's that? Only a nurse would rate their own pain. <laughs> I know. Well, I had to rate it. I went to the chiropractor okay. and it was asking me to rate it. And okay. I was like, mm, yep, I'm a seven out of 10. Yeah. And That's he was like, okay, seven out of 10 is like crying. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh yeah, like I'm about to cry. I'm <laughs> like I'm, I'm crying. It's just, I'm holding it together. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Really bad. And so I just like laid around all weekend and I went back to the chiropractor again today. Okay. And it was a different person. Um, but she was awesome, did adjustments and stuff, and then gave me like other exercises to do and then said I should just do uh body weight workouts and like for op- for a lower body and then like super, super light for upper body. So I'm gonna try that tomorrow morning because I haven't actually lifted weights in like over a week and that is really difficult for me <laughs> to not do. I know. It's hard because you don't want to, like, lose the progress and the momentum. Yeah. Which I'm in my cut and I'm, like, I was losing. I lost, like, two pounds a week before. And now I'm, like, I probably didn't lose any pounds this week because I haven't been able to do anything. I've just been walking. And I I did walk and ride the bike yesterday and today at the gym. So it's something. Yeah. Sounds like you're on the mend. But, Mm -hmm. That is freaking mm-hmm. terrible. I'm sorry. I know. I being injured is the worst. <sighs> and you had a terrible, well, just like terribly busy and stressful three days at work. Oh my god. Welcome back to work. <laughs> I feel like I always say on this podcast how as a traveler or especially as a NICU traveler, you typically get like the feeder growers or like mm-hmm. You know, you're not really getting the most critical patient. Well, I got the most, probably the most, oh, my light went out. Probably the most critical patient um, on the unit. My little micro fetus <laughs> perfed like day two, day two out of three having her. Okay. And um, I literally like walked to Starbucks because I was like, my kids are great. They're tucked in. I'll be back. Yeah, my skinny vanilla latte came back up and everyone's at my room and they're like, oh, you left at a bad time, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I didn't know if they were like joke, you know, like what happened? <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, she perfed. I was like, are you serious? I'm sorry, what? I just fed her. Like no change in assessment, you know? Yeah. So that sucked. But um, it was but it was like. I guess a good refresh of a lot of skills that I haven't had to use in a long time. Yeah. It feels nice like to be like, oh yeah, I still got it <laughs> kind of kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. not fun to actually have to use them because she's sick. But Yeah. So it happens sometimes. <laughs> you gotta be ready for anything. Yeah. You gotta roll with it. And mm-hmm. I definitely like there were some things that I like I not like not having a history of being like a level four nurse 
as a staff nurse, like just being a traveler, I haven't had to do a lot of like OR preps. Sure. So that was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what your policy is. They have like, you know, everywhere has like different like Mm -hmm. papers that you have to like fill certain things out. And then like certain way that you give report, like when the OR nurse comes and it's just like, there's a lot of specifics. So I had to have, I had to ask for a lot of help. So, and that's just normal. Like you're never going to know everything. Exactly. And every place is so different how they like approach those things. So yeah. You just got to yeah. not be afraid to ask because <laughs> I wouldn't know yeah. either. A situation even, like, like that you can't handle by yourself. Even when you're staff, like you, I didn't take kids to the OR like super often unless you're working day shift, right? Like right. you're working nights. You don't take kids to the OR even if I worked in a level four for years and years. But if you want until you switch to days, that's when kids go to the procedures all the time. And you're like, I'm sorry, what do you need me to do? Okay, where is this thing? Uh, where is the transport monitor? Okay, hold on. Like, it's just everything's all over the place. Yeah. You just got to hope that you have a charge nurse that knows what they're doing and are, that they're willing to help you. True. Which was the, definitely the case. Good. So I was I'm glad. Fine. I'm glad you had yeah. the support. Thank you. When do you go back? Tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. It's like two two off, two on, two off, and then I'm four on, and then I'm off for another like two weeks. Oh, nice. Where are you going then? Utah again. Okay, fun. Ugh. God damn, I wish. I know, uh, come out. Come take a little I drive. Know. <laughs> I know. When are you going? Um, I don't have it booked, but like the first two weeks of February-ish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Well. I'll be in Hawaii. Oh, yes. That's so exciting. <laughs> a little different than Utah. I'm so uh, yeah. I literally can't wait. I spent all weekend because I couldn't do anything else. Um, Just like making a full itinerary of yes. like hour, basically hour by hour what we're doing each day because oh, I really same. just want to maximize our time there. Yeah. Like we're only there for... We fly in on the 1st and land at like 1 p.m. And then we leave on the 7th at 11 p.m. Okay. Okay. So we're not – what? That's – Like five or six full days? It is six full days, I guess. Like six and a half days. But we're also doing two islands. So it's like like jamming it in. I'm stoked. But yeah. I also just bought a Groupon for a um, airbrush spray tan, so I'll be getting that yeah. next week before I leave. <laughs> I am so, so pale. Um, <laughs> I've never gotten it airbrushed though, like by someone, so I'm excited. How did you get one before? What are the other ways? Like you just walk into the machine and you oh. stand there, and it like just sprays you. Really? You, like stand okay. like like a. With your arms out to the side, you can't see my arms like this. <laughs> and then it <laughs> it just sprays you. Oh, I've only ever gotten like sprayed by a person. Oh, cool. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, um, yeah it's nice. Yeah, but what do you do with your makeup? Like my makeup's going to be too pale. I don't know. I think I, mine kind of works. Like yeah. my face just looks a little bit more pale, but you can just use like more bronzer. Or okay. you could buy a shade, uh, like one shade darker. Yeah, maybe, that's but just far too much work and effort. And you money. won't be like so tan. Like you're not gonna be like, like brown. So yeah. hopefully it's like subtle enough that it should be because I'm pale as a fucking ghost. So I need to be just like a step up from that. Yeah. 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 I well, feel that a lot. Well, it's fine. It's fine. But that's yeah, I'm excited. Exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to hear all about it. And oh my god! Oh my gosh! That's I like. I'm I'm stoked. It is with like my entire family, so that is interesting. And just trying to plan. I mean, I planned what I wanted to do. So I'm like, hey, um, I'm all, there. Some of them are there for like three weeks. So I'm like, okay, so I'm here for six days. I'm gonna do literally what I want to do. Yeah. Is it just like a family trip? Just. Yeah, it's my parents' 40th anniversary. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So my you brothers. You all the wrecks. Yeah. So well, I guess, I guess we should introduce our guest. Yes. 
So today we're not talking about (laughs) traveling or Hawaii or Utah or (laughs) or uh, Spindrift. (laughs) Spindrift? Natural flavors, nutrition. Protein powder. (laughs) Sorry guys. We're talking about money. (laughs) Yeah. Again. We are yeah, we're having um Anthony on um he is the financially fit RN on Instagram and he helps travel nurses and I think just nurses or people in general um become financially fit. Yes. <laughs> Financial yes. stability, investing, like what to do with your money while traveling. Um he will be able to tell us much more eloquently than we are doing so right now. <laughs> We might yeah. ask a few dumb questions, but <laughs> we're going to get okay. all the info from him. Super excited. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's like info that I think is beneficial for everyone, no matter what mm-hmm. stage you are in your uh, financial life. So Totally. You know what? It's 3 a.m. and you go into your patient's room and you don't want to wake them up with the bright overhead lights, but you need to turn on a light to see what the hell you're doing. Now there's a solution. You have to try Lumify's Unite Light. I love my Unite Light. Seriously, a game changer if you work the night shift like we have for years. It's super small and clips to your scrub top, has three different color settings, and emits enough light to illuminate your workspace, check IV sites, vent checks, honestly, you name it, in the middle of the night. The Unite Light was created by healthcare workers, our amazing friends Jen and Anthony over at Lumify, for healthcare workers. You can get your own Unite Light or anything in the Lumify marketplace for 10% off with our discount code DODPODLUMIFY. That's D-O-D-P-O-D-L-U-M-I-F-Y to get 10% off your order today. Well, welcome to the show, Anthony. We're so excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you, ladies, for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm I'm glad we got to connect, and uh, yeah, I, I look forward to being on the show. Yeah, awesome. Um, we are super stoked to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, background, nursing, whatever you want to share? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, yeah, so my name is Anthony. I've been a travel nurse since 2016. So quite a while. And I've been a nurse since 2014. Um, med Surge, Tele, uh, IMC, PCU, pretty much anything that's been available. And I'm, I'm sure you can all relate that, you know, for a little bit of time, it was really just COVID and taking care of COVID patients. So kind of went through that as well. Um, but now I'm actually kind of transitioning to more nurse entrepreneurship. Um, and that's how I, actually, I started doing nurse uh, coaching. Um, so right now I'm yeah. coaching nurses on finances and that has been going really well. And uh, it's the feedback's been great. So uh, yeah, I look forward to doing more of that in the future. That's so cool. That's great. Yeah. People need a lot of help with that. <laughs> that's for sure. They should do. Yeah. I know. And how how it all started really was just myself. I mean, I I started from a position where I I just didn't really know what to do. And I thought, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. is it just me? And then as I I started being more confident and familiar, I started posting more stuff about it. And I would get more messages about that than than almost any other thing I posted. So I was like, wow, it's not just me. You know, other people are going through the same things. So Mm -hmm. that's what kind of made me think to kind of take a hold of this platform that I have and try to just spread the financial knowledge and literacy that, that I wish I had, um, you know, when I started to, you know, my peers. And that's kind of where I'm at today. That's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. Finances are such a daunting thing. I think especially like, I mean, as a nurse in general, but then when you enter into the travel nursing world and you start making more money and then you're like, what is the best thing to do with this money that I'm making besides just, you know, spend it on trips and everything, which is awesome. (laughs) But, um, you know, to set yourself up for the rest of your life, you definitely need a little guidance there. Yeah. That's, that's one of the biggest jumps is, you know, I feel like nurses go from being a staff nurse where they're probably making more than they did, you know, when they were just in nursing school, um, which is a jump. And then, then when they go to travel nursing where you could be making double the money or even more, it's like, yeah, what do, what do I do next? You know, before it was just like paying bills, paying rent, you know, things like that. But then you have mm-hmm. this extra money and it's like, do you just sit on it and save it? Um, but right. that's not really the best option either, you know? And that's why I'm trying to encourage travel nurses just to know the options that they have and, and just be able to save. And like you said, invest for the future because a lot of the things that, you know, our parents, grandparents relied on uh, won't be there for us. 
So, you know, we kind of have to take it upon ourselves more really than any other generation and and future generations too. Yeah, it's so true. And it's like the stuff that we do now in our 20s and 30s, like, is the most important time to save and invest because that's Mm going to help us out so much, you know, when we're 40, 50 and so on, rather than if you start saving when you're like 35, 40, it's not going to have as much of an impact as it could if you start young. So I think like the work that you're doing is really important. So thanks. I really appreciate it, Hannah. Yeah. And I'm really, honestly, the, the most encouraging thing for me is just students that really didn't know. And then I'm helping just guide them. I'm not really just I'm not doing it for them, but I'm just guiding them. And then they start noticing the difference themselves and then they don't even need me anymore and they could kind of go forward themselves. And that's like been the biggest reward so far is just really empowering and making people feel more confident about all of it. You know, so it's not just some thing out out there that they don't know about. They think it's just like for Wall Street businessmen. And, you know, it's really not. I mean, any average person could do the right things to kind of set themselves up for success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how did you learn all about financial fitness and how to, you know, work with your own finances? Um, yeah, so my parents, blue collar workers, uh, you know, I will never talk bad about them. I appreciate everything they ever did for me. Um, they encouraged me to go to college, um, but they did not give me much financial knowledge to begin with. So I went to college just because they wanted me to and I went. I didn't know what I was signing up for, signed up for all these student loans. So once I graduated, you know, that uh, bill came due and uh, I realized <laughs> I had to make a plan. And I knew they're, you know, just kind of getting by and kind of figuring out on the fly. I probably wasn't going to cut it. So that's so why I just started educating myself, reading books. Anyone that I met that was, you know, financially savvy, I would just ask for them for tips or even ask them for a book recommendation. I would read that book. Uh, listen to podcasts, watch video, YouTube videos, uh, really anything I can get my hands on. And, and I feel like that really just, it kind of just made me more aware and, you know, made me more passionate about it because I realized all the potential that it has, you know, when you're confident and you can do all these things, invest, save for the future. Um, you know, it just empowers you to try to take that next step. You know, we all want to maybe retire from nursing at some point. And uh, for sure, this is like one of the paths to do it is, you know, taking your finances into your own hands and investing for yourself. So I knew I wanted to do that. And that's uh, why I educated myself. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) I mean, it's like, I mean, I know that I need to learn more about it, but I have like, I I would never pick up a book (laughs) and read about it. So that's great. But I mean, we need people like you that can just teach us. Yes, exactly. My dad's the same way. Like he's not in finance, but he like read a million books on it. And I've been so lucky to have him in my life because he's been able to help me and guide me to like basic investments and everything like that. But not everybody has someone like that Mm -hmm. in their life to guide them. Um, And I know it's like, I feel confident when he's helping me like by my side, we're looking at the screen together and we're like, okay, we're going to invest this much money and into this stock and, but if I were by myself and I didn't have any knowledge on it, I would, I wouldn't feel confident, like just clicking those buttons and putting my money into something that I didn't know what it was. So I think that's where like a lot of people are, you know, especially Mm -hmm. nurses when we don't have that background at all. Yeah. A lot of nurses that I talk to, that's like one of the number one things they tell me that they were, they were hesitant. It's just that they didn't know. And it all seemed so intimidating and it was kind of like analysis paralysis. They just yeah. didn't make a decision because there were so many of them and they just didn't, yeah, they just didn't make a decision. So sometimes that is almost like a worse outcome when you don't do anything. Um, right. And I feel like that's what sometimes the, posi- the position that nurses are in, they're like, oh yeah, I hear people talk about it, but I haven't done it for myself yet. Um, so yeah, I kind of just wanted to put it all out there for them to make it as easy as possible. And I try to make it fun and I try to make it relatable and I'm not somebody that, you know, saves and pinches every dollar um, because I realize, you know, there's a part of it where you have to enjoy and and have the balance, too. And I'm sure most travel nurses could relate. You know, they want to travel. They want to experience, you know, they're in a new place. So I want to make it so they could save and invest for the future, but also enjoy the times now. And and there is that balance. It, It isn't all or nothing. You know, some people think, all right, well, if I can't invest X amount, you know, then I might as well just wait or I might as well not do it. But 
really even just $50, you know, or $100 is better than nothing at all. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm just trying to teach that balance and, you know, make it relatable so people will actually, you know, do it and see the benefits of it um, and just, yeah, help them out in the future. I know, I know now more than ever, I feel like nurses are leaving the bedside and, you know, they're looking to go do other things. And this also just kind of gives them an option to like, all right, in the future, if I, you know, I save and invest this much for this long, I could retire and not have to do anything if I don't want to. And I think just that like financial security of knowing that, you know, once you get to a certain number or whatever, you, you don't really have to work anymore. Maybe you can just pursue things that you enjoy more. Like for both of you girls, like that'd be like, what if you could just do this podcast full time and not have to worry about money? That That'd would be, be awesome. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that would That's be the goal. Um, yeah, gosh. Just even like monetizing it <laughs> in the first place. Yeah, help is us. The goal. Um yeah, we'd love to do that. Um, uh, but yeah, that would be incredible because I'm leaving the bedside already. I mean, I in a couple of years I'll be out, but um I'd love to not have to work for the rest of my life too, you know. What do you what do you plan on doing uh, in the next couple of years? Um, I'm in grad school right now. Actually, I'm going to school to be in for um, a master's in human nutrition and functional medicine. So, at the end of it, I'll have to take a board exam, but I'll be um, a board certified uh, clinical nurse specialist. Wow, that's uh... oh, sorry, not sorry. Good lord, clinical nutrition specialist. Yeah, that's what <laughs> sorry. I, that's what I, I was in like, my, and, and my yep. almost heard that. Uh, nope, that's exactly. I'm like, I was just talking about um, a, in one of my like discussion posts. I had to, I was talking about CNSs, like nurse specialists. So that came into mind. Um, no, clinical nutrition specialist. So I'll be a nutritionist. Wow, that's amazing. I, I know I, I've heard you talk about nutrition in like some of the other episodes. So it sounds like something you're passionate about, which is cool. Yeah. If you could do that and make money at the same time, that's. Another exactly. big financial win, you know, is whenever yeah. you could do something that aligns with your life and passion. So, right. Yeah. And I think we've said it a lot too, that I think COVID just opened our eyes up to what's important. And like, if I don't want to be working in a, a field that doesn't bring me joy or, you know, bring me passion in my life. So, um, it's time to change that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, and a lot of nurses are making that same call. So. Mm -hmm. It's stressful. Yeah. It's it's been a crazy couple of years, few years. It, it has point. been three years. Yeah, three whole years. But the one thing out of all of it, I mean, I am I am very happy that, um, you know, some nurses were able to just benefit from it. You know, with all the the contracts, and I feel like the the hospitals really, you know, had to put a priority on paying nurses. Which I hope going forward, I hope changes keep being made. So nurses are valued and um, get what they deserve. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A lot of changes need to be made, but there's Definitely. been little steps in the right direction. So hopefully, yeah, it continues that way. But um, can you tell us a little bit about your book? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you were going to bring that up, but I'm, I'm glad that you did. Uh, I released uh, an ebook, so I, I kind of started backwards. I started writing a book before I knew I was going to like go full on making like a brand and inst Instagram page. Uh, so awesome. it was October 2021. I started writing this book, um, and just chapter by chapter, and kind of just going back and forth. You know, I, I took it little bit, little bits at a time, but I wanted to put together something that just answered all these questions that I was getting and kind of just like starting from square one, like if a beginner travel nurse had to learn about finance, like this is their guide. And that's how I came up with it. So it's the travel nurse's guide to personal finance and pretty much takes you from the basics, taking your first assignment and, you know, how to look at your contracts to saving and investing and retirement accounts and travel nurse taxes. So it's really a great guide and resource for nurses. And that's something I really wanted to, I took pride in it because it's something that I've done, travel nursing, and I wanted nurses to be able to use it and maximize this time right now, you know, that they're making extra money and uh, just so they ended up better off in the long run. And so far, it's been great. I released it, I think it was Black Friday weekend. And uh, yeah, I think over 100 nurses have uh, 
got a copy and like I'm hearing a lot of really good feedback nurses like got got through it and they're just like super pumped they're like wow I never even knew that now I opened this account or I you know I've saved this much or paid off this credit card so it's just cool hearing all the feedback and knowing that I'm helping that's That's incredible Yeah, wow. congratulations. That's yeah, really seriously. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, to just write a book in general, but like that it's actually helping people. Like that is must be just so rewarding. And you must, I don't know, you should feel awesome. Well, you you're you girls are hyping me up. <laughs> but yeah, no, writing a book was a huge undertaking. And uh I mean, going back, I don't know if I would have done it again because it really it really did take a lot of time. But now that I'm done and I, you know, have the finished product, I'm I'm really happy that I did. Um, and then in the future, I plan on, you know, making edits, you know, just to make it keep it relevant and, you know, mm-hmm. just keep keep it out there, just so it could always be a resource that people could look back on. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I don't want you to give away your whole book, and I'm sure there's so many details to it. But what would you say are like the main takeaways of the book, or like where should a travel nurse start if they have no idea? they have no background on like investing or, or saving money in general. Yeah. I, I think some of the biggest takeaways, so it obviously starts from, which I think is like one of the most important things is just finding out your why. Um, and just, I think that's like kind of like above all else, like why would you be saving? Like why would you be investing? Because that just gives you like a realistic target and kind of like a compelling reason to do any of these things. You know, it, it's a lot harder to say, oh, I want to be a millionaire, but why, you know? Right. So like you figuring that out, figuring out like kind of what your ideal retirement or, you know, what you plan on doing with the money, I think is important because then, yeah, like I said, it gives you a target, it gives you a compelling reason why. Um, and then that's going to be like motivation just for your whole life. You know, like if you think, all right, I need $2 million to retire. I need to save this much every year. Then it's like, you know, hey, at 50, you know, I'm retired. You know, I have this this house or, you know, live on a lake, you know, anything you dream of and you want, it kind of just gives you something to shoot for. So that's kind of like the beginning. Um, and then I, I then after that, I break it down to just being like aware of your finances. So making a budget, understanding your expenses, and it goes from the big things of like, you know, how much you're paying for rent. Are you paying for a, a luxury, you know, apartment or are you living modestly, like maybe with roommates? Um all the way down to the little expenses that add up over time. People, people tell me, you know, when I actually have them break down their budget initially, you know, they, it seems so modest. I'm like, Oh, you're only spending, you know, a couple thousand a month or 3000 a month. But then after I actually have them track, you know, every single thing they spend on, it, it could almost be double or even like 1.5 times how much they thought that they were spending a month. And, and that's like where people don't think they're like, Oh, this is all my fixed expenses. But, it's like beyond that, just things that you think, mm-hmm. oh, it's no big deal, I'll buy this, or you know, no big deal, I'll buy that. And then it, it adds up. So I think just kind of realizing like your money rationale and, and knowing like what you spend money on and then tying to that to like what you value. So does XYZ thing give me that much more value in life? So it could even go down from like luxury items to things less. So like if you say you're gonna buy some luxury bag. It's like four thousand, five thousand dollars, and then compared to a, a bag that you would get at Target, let's say, for fifty bucks, um, you know, will that luxury bag give you almost a hundred times more happiness and value? <laughs> Maybe not. You know, probably not. Same thing. Most with- likely not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not for and me. So that's like kind of like the main thing is it's just like helping people rationalize their spending, understand their spending. And then from there, yeah, that's when I, I kind of get into automating your finances and making it so you don't have to stress about money all the time. When you kind of have everything automated, then it's just as simple as, Hey, you're living your life. You're living within your means and you have all these funnels going to saving and investing and you don't have to pay attention to it. And then later on, you know, six months, 12 months, years from now, you can look back and be like, wow, this is all I've accumulated. And you didn't really have to change your lifestyle. Because ideally, you want your lifestyle and your finances to be compatible, just because that's Mm -hmm. what's sustainable. So those are the main messages in the book. Sounds, I mean, really interesting. I think the biggest struggle for me that I've had going from travel nursing back to staff nursing and having to adjust 
my lifestyle and the way that I'm spending because I'm no longer making travel nurse money. Um, and you kind of get used to what you're able to spend, you know? Um, so oh, just gosh, kind of yeah, have to sure. like reframe my mind like, oh, nope, I can't just be like buying anything that I want or like, and yeah, having to actually like, okay, make sure like I am able to pay for that out of my bank account. <laughs> like, I feel like I didn't have to worry about that for years. And now I'm like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. And difficult. I was the same way. Like I went back to staff nursing a little over a year ago for four months and quickly went back to travel nursing because of that reason. And I, I mean, they were paying me 2880 as a, as a staff nurse with like at the Gosh. time five years of experience, which is like so low. I'm sure now it's gone up. If I had just waited a little while, I'm sure mm-hmm. I would have gotten a raise, but still maybe 33 or something like that. That's which still maybe like making not much and yeah. I was so and then for being to a nurse too like it's yeah a lot of responsibility to be only making 28 dollars an hour and I'm i mean just out here saving babies like yeah yeah like you, you ladies like doing that i feel like that is like one of the most important jobs on the planet you know and Thank thanks <laughs> but yeah, yeah i just it was like a slap in the face and then um i was so used to like um very aggressively uh, invest like saving and investing like I would put like I was like oh I can put 30% into my 401k and then I was like oh no I can't I got my first, <laughs> first paycheck and I was like where's my money like oh my god how am I supposed to like afford rent and like groceries and therapy mm-hmm. and the gym like yeah and so, yeah, legitimately you have to make adjustments but uh yeah what advice would you have for like people in our situation if you're going from travel nursing to staff nursing like how to make that balance work oh gosh um <laughs> so frugal. No, no, no. I mean, truthfully, I, I, I know people do make, you know, though those incomes work, um, and they do have to be extremely frugal to like also save and invest for things too. Among, mm-hmm. you know, other than living their life, so I, it's hard for me to like promote that. It's like, hey, your only option, you know, to just be a bedside nurse and take that like first staff salary that you get. Um, so I, I usually kind of help them brainstorm just ways they can increase their income. So whether that just being like per diems or, you know, something else part-time that's maybe just a higher hourly rate, um, advanced degrees, like you said, you're getting your master, finishing your, your master's and certification. So that's usually what I'll promote is, you know, finding your, bu- you know, your budget, and your ideal budget and living within your means, but any way that you can increase your income, income, it just gives you a bigger margin um, that you can save and invest and also just enjoy life. So there is like a big difference between how you can live life at, let's just say $55,000 a year and how you can live life at $110,000 a year or $150,000 a year. Um, so yeah, they say money doesn't buy happiness, but money does allow you to do a lot of things in life. So I would agree with that. (laughs) Just love, I mean, and we're, we're totally fine. My fiance and I, but I still am just used to making more. (laughs) So, uh, I feel bad complaining about it because I don't make bad money right now. Like I make much more than $28 an hour, but. I'm not making a hundred dollars an hour. That's for sure. Yeah. And and I feel like now, I mean, I feel like the opportunities for nurses are out there. Um, even outside of like traditional travel, like, you know, we have all done, you know, mm-hmm. you go someplace, you know, you, you take the stipends and things like that. Um, I'm actually currently working a, a local travel gig in, in Baltimore, Maryland, and the starting rate is 95 an hour. Um, and then for certain specialties, it's 115. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So like, I I, I know a lot of hospitals are actually moving towards that is doing a local travel, um, just a way to like supplement. So I encourage nurses to look at their options. That's, that's what I have to say about it. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I definitely like browse jobs frequently, um, just to see if there, can I be making more money somewhere else working remotely? That'd be great. Um, you know, doing a lot of other different things that I could make more money, but it's still, yeah. 
it's hard. A lot of people will say like, I can't, I can't travel in this. Like I can't leave my family and this and that. But like you said, like local travel is an mm-hmm. awesome option for a lot of people anyway. But yeah, I did a local travel contract time. at the beginning of last year, like February to May. Um, and that was awesome. But I also did it while I was working my other full-time job. So I was working like 80 hours a week. Um, wow. And night shift. You were grinding. Yeah, I was grinding. It was terrible. And it was night shift. And so now I won't work nights anymore. Like I have like a lot of <laughs> like guidelines that I'm like, I will, I'm not working nights. I don't, I don't want to really want to work holidays or weekends either. So um, I'm being very picky at this point. Um yeah, I mean, as you should, I, I encourage nurses with experience and talent and, you know, just to, yeah, I mean, to have those guidelines. I mean, just because if you don't create them, then they will absolutely take advantage of yeah. whatever they can get. So every recruiter, well, they'll call me and I'm like, well, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. And they're like, you really won't do nights. And I'm like, no, like hard <laughs> and fast now. You want to do it? No like, you, let me, let me have you go on nights for three months and see how it ruins your life. Like absolutely yeah. not. I know recruiters, they're doing their job too, but sometimes, sometimes recruiters, they pitch you these ideas. They make it sound like it's no big deal. And you're just like, you have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like I've done, I did nights for six years. Like I know, I know what it is. <laughs> I'm good. I guess kind of going on top of that or off of that is like, I'm also saving for a wedding and I'm going to grad school and I'm working a staff job too. Um, so do you have any tips for people for like saving for big events, like, like a wedding or like a, you know, a big vacation or something like that while, you know, still living their life and also trying to save for other things? Yeah, no, I, uh, very relatable because we all have, you know, life expenses coming up in, in various forms mm-hmm. and, uh, one thing I, I like to bring up is, uh, you know, like savings buckets or they're usually people refer to them as sinking funds. So it's just like kind of something you have set aside, you know, like a savings goal. Um, and you just whatever you say, you're like two months you have left. But I'm sure if you knew about um, it, I'm sure if you knew about it like a year or year and a half ago, you know, ideally what you could have done. Not saying that if you had five months that, if, that you didn't even do it. But let's just say if someone had a goal you know, of a year and a half that they needed to save for something, they can kind of break it down into smaller chunks of like what they needed to save like monthly or, you know, from mm-hmm. every paycheck. So it's not just like all at once, like, you know, like a month before, two months before, like, oh crap, we need to come up with $5,000. Well, like, you know, if you had 12 months or 18 months to save for it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know what that is, but you know, maybe it'd only be like a couple hundred bucks every two weeks or something. So I think just like thinking of, future expenses farther in advance obviously like helps you because you could just you can just save more proactively smaller Um, milestones yeah because that's that's actually currently what christina and sorry my christina is my fiance uh we're getting married in may and we've known about for quite a while so we've kind of just had like a separate savings like all right every month we need to probably save this amount because that's you know so we have enough um, and that's kind of how we're taking that. Uh, obviously, it's it's a big expense. You know, w- weddings can be. They can be even bigger. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard of weddings that are like $100,000. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't even understand. Mind blown. I'm, we're <laughs> trying to do it, you know, as, as cost effective as possible. But it's also a large wedding. Um, so, and like, it's just expensive in general. Like you put wedding in front of it, like mm-hmm. it triples the price of everything yeah I, I i think i took for granted how much weddings really could be um mm-hmm. until started planning one and i was just like this it was like the most mind-boggling thing to me i ended up finding out that the average wedding is still like forty nine thousand dollars that's wow. the that's average right. wedding that's wild sounds about right <laughs> I, mean, I haven't crazy. gone through it myself yet but um I feel like same thing though. I've been in so many weddings this past year and I remember hearing like coworkers and stuff who were a little bit older, who were going through all that. They were like, Oh my gosh, like being in a wedding is so expensive and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh no, I can't wait to be in all my friends' weddings. And then boom, <laughs> I'm in like five in a row. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and, and you're like, and, like too. those add up so too. Yeah. Much. Mm-hmm. And like, I honestly don't know how 
I would have been able to do it and be in all my friends' weddings and like travel and buy the dresses and buy the gifts and all of that if I weren't making travel nurse money, which is like crazy because I mean, most people don't make that money. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're so right, honestly. Uh, and, and that's unfortunately like where credit, you know, comes into yeah. play. Uh, a lot of people are kind of forced to, you know, take mm-hmm. on credit, you know, just to do things that they want to enjoy. Um, so yeah, that's one of the perks of travel nursing for sure is that you can definitely afford to do a lot more, but yeah, can't neglect the other things either. <laughs> for your like, you know, that savings bucket that you have, do you like create another bank account, like a separate savings account that you put that into? Like, how do you go about that? Um, I think if, I think if say, if you were with your significant other and you maybe were married, had joint accounts, then, you know, you could just do it like that. Um, Chris and I, we plan on making a joint account in the future. Um, but for right now, we both just have our separate accounts. Um, but we both know, like we have what we each need to kind of contribute. So we know we need to like save that amount. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing. Um, but the, the savings buckets, uh, is there's, I actually use a, an online savings account, which I recommend people look into compared to, you know, just their brick and mortar. Um, and they actually have where you can set up all these targets and goals and, you know, how much you, how much you want to go to each one. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's really cool seeing it that way. It's with Ally Financial. Um, and yeah, they have like an online account that you can kind of do that with. And right now I think their interest rate is about three and a half percent. Oh, that's amazing. So just, just for your savings money. So right now I, I, I have in there and I recommend people look into them because it's really the same protections that you have with, you know, you're just your normal Wells Fargo or Bank of America. Um, but you actually get something back from it. So, uh, yeah. with your typical savings account, like with Bank of America or Wells Fargo, um, any other ones is usually like less than 1%, like 0.01%. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're essentially getting nothing like maybe pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an option that I, I usually tell people about. So all your, list, look into that. All your list, listeners just got the <laughs> 401 for the savings accounts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh thank you for sharing. No, that's really, um, that's, I mean, it is great to know because I know my, I have like Chase and I have my savings account with Chase and I know that there's like little, um, interest on that um but i have investments and stuff elsewhere but i've been looking for like a high return just like normal savings account that i don't have to like that isn't within all of my like my brokerage and all of that just like something else that i can pull my money in Um, so so so. you you mentioned a brokerage yeah do you think your listeners know what that is probably not Well, maybe that's a good cue. Uh, you know, I, I know like 401ks get talked about and the, the IRAs get talked about. Um, but one thing I'll mention to travelers is they should really look into the brokerage accounts. Um, just really just for its flexibility and freedom. Um, a lot of times travelers tell me they can't even access a 401k because maybe they, they weren't working long enough with the company. And they think that's it. They think, all right, well, I can't invest. I I can't use their 401k and I, I maxed out my IRA. So they think, all right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But then the brokerage account, you know, really doesn't have any limits. So, you know, it's an opportunity to funnel away extra money that you thought that you couldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so you, is it, it's like something that you sign up for separately. And... Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the same. I, I don't know what companies you use, but I'm, I'm sure they probably offer one, you know, uh, Vanguard is popular. It's kind of like a, okay. a buzz company in the community. Uh, Fidelity, um, Charles Schwab, Goldman Sachs, they, they all have some form of it. And it, it's ba- basically just an investment account that you're okay. kind of like the self-directed um, owner of. Um, and you choose all the investments. It, you don't okay. get any like matching employer contributions because obviously you're not, right. it's not like through an employer, but you can sell, buy your investments as much or as little as you want. And uh, you can hold on to them as long as you want. So that's something that you could kind of slowly put money into, you know, over the course, course of your working career. And then in retirement, you could have a good chunk of money there and that could essentially pay you, you know, a salary in retirement. It's, it's all part of, uh, you know, later on down the line, you know, retirement planning, it's just different ways you can access your money 
um, just to be the most efficient with it. Because sometimes people say they want to retire early, but you might not be able to get into your 401k or your IRA until you're 59. So, you know, right. you know, if you want to kind of bridge the gap, a, a brokerage account is a great way to do it because, you know, there's no limits. You can take out, you know, your 20K or 30K that you think you need to live on for the year and um, no one can, you know, stop you. You just pay the, the taxes on it if you made any profit. Um, so, yeah, I usually recommend that to travel nurses just as like another medium to invest more money. Cool. Yeah. I'm actually, now that you're saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, I have that. <laughs> I just, in my head, I never called it like a brokerage, but that's definitely what I did. It's okay. But, I'm, sure, I'm sure the listeners were like, all right, well that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's on different levels of like financial knowledge and the lingo and everything like that. But, yeah. I, mean, I, know. I, I Sometimes I get in the habit of, you know, just rattling off these things, but then I, I have to remember like, Maybe probably if they're listening to this, they probably actually don't know what that is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I know what this stuff is, but like every single year, like six months when I talk to my financial advisor, I'm like, okay, tell me what this is again. Tell me what, what I'm doing here. Like I like, I, it just doesn't stick in my brain. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it just doesn't. So um, I feel like that happens for a lot of people too. I feel like there's always so much information going in and out for of my of our brains for everything like I can't I can't take it all in <laughs> yeah and if you're meeting like once a year it's like yeah yeah and when you're at the other but if you're looking at it every day like Anthony is like you're gonna right. become more like you know knowledgeable about it but yeah totally it's a lot yeah. it's a lot of info like um another question I mean I know what this is but I feel like again people come from all different levels of knowledge like can you just explain why um, you don't want to just have all of your money sitting in your savings account, like it just in your regular bank account. Like, why is that not as beneficial as moving your money to an investment account? Just real basic. Real basic. Um, I, I kind of actually did a post the other day. If if anyone you know wants to check it out, I don't know if you'll mention it at the end. My Instagram, you sure will. My Instagram course, account, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I made a post just of like why we can't save our way to wealth. And it's, it's really because of an inflation, you know, in the background of our economy, there's always inflation, you know, they usually t- two to 3% is the average. Lately, it's been a lot higher, as you probably have seen, it's like nine, eight, seven, right six, you know, you're seeing all like the memes and videos of egg prices. Uh- <laughs> it is. I just bought eggs yesterday and I was like, I'm sorry, it's 550. <laughs> yeah, I literally got a dozen of eggs for like six something the other day. Granted, I am like a little bougier on the egg end, just because like I want to get, too. I want to get the good eggs. Um, yeah, with the good Free nutrients, range, organic. <laughs> organic, yeah. yeah. But still, I was like, all right, well. <laughs> yeah, five. It was five fifty for just regular store brand eggs. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, it's not like, right now. Okay. So yeah, so that's a perfect example of why in retirement, you know, think twenty, thirty. 40 years from now, what prices could get to, you know, with inflation, even if it was just two or 3%, if you look at the accumulative effects out of over time, prices will be a lot higher. So when people, when people even just say like, Oh, if I have a million dollars, then I'm fine. I want them to take a closer look because probably we'll need more to be completely honest, depending on, you know, your expenses, but a million dollars today, will not be the same million dollars 30 years from now. So that's why I think people have to invest. I think it's almost a it's almost a, a worse decision to just save, you know, over the, the long run than it is not to invest because at least with investing, it gives you an opportunity to at least buy assets that can appreciate or, you know, produce income over time. You know, where, where savings, you know, that one percent or even like we said less than one percent is not going to get you anywhere so you're uh, in theory just losing money as long as it's sitting in the bank account which savings can have really important roles you know like say if you're saving up for a house or saving up for a rental property or really just saving for any like long-term thing obviously you have to do it um but saving kind of beyond that saving beyond like emergency funds saving uh saving just to save you're, you're kind of like net negative. You know, if you say if you had 10,000 in the bank right now, you know, the 7% interest or whatever, it would be 
pretty much worth about $700 less at the end of the year. So just putting that into perspective, you know, kind of makes you realize that, you know, your money could be drained fast in savings or at least lose its purchasing power. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. <laughs> the inflation part too, like thinking about just, I mean, yeah, a million dollars today will not be a million dollars, you know, in 30 years, but also, I mean, I've heard about that a lot. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and they always are say, are like, oh, it's like the seventies or like the fifties. They're like, oh, they paid like $10,000. And then they're like, oh, in today's money, it would have been blah, blah, blah. It has nothing to do with true crime, but it, they just calculate the money. <laughs> I can't even, I'm not making sense, but I know that $10,000 today was way different than it was. 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Like you could get a lot more with $10,000 is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so true. And then if you couple that with, you know, the rising healthcare costs and, you know, I think the the average age of people now, we're like getting into like the eighties. I think eighties is like the average age people live to. I mean, that's a lot of years that you could potentially be without earned income. So you almost have to rely on your investments. And if you just have money sitting sitting in savings, every time you take money out of it, it's gone. At least with investments, you actually, you might not even need to spend the principal for your like original investment. You might be able to just spend what it's gained and kind of just keep that going and mm-hmm. per- perpetuality, you know? So that's a, another benefit of investing is you could almost kind of keep your same money and just spend you know, what it's grown to or, you know, the payments that it pays back to you. So that's why I encourage it so much. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of really good nuggets in here that our listeners are going to take from this. This is like, it always helps me to talk about it because I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. there's like, even though I'm doing, I'm doing something with my money, there's always more you can do and there's always like more knowledge out there. So yeah, we really appreciate like all of your advice and. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I'm so glad you had me on here and it's, it's nice like meeting and talking to you. I know some of the other episodes are like a little bit more lighthearted and, uh, you know, fun just about like, kind of like nursing, uh, you know, things that have happened and stuff, but I really do hope, you know, the listeners following, they can benefit from this and maybe it inspires some of them to, you know, start looking into some of these things and start kind of taking the, you know, personal finances into their own hands. I definitely think they will, especially like, I mean, it's always good to practice financial fitness, but especially now that it's January, 2023, new year, you know, people are really trying to like better themselves, set themselves up. So it's a really great time for this episode to come out as well. Yeah. (laughs) No, new year. People have new goals. They're ready to to crush it. And uh, hopefully this episode keeps them motivated. Yes. Absolutely. I also real quick, I don't want to end it quite yet. Cause I want to know, I just have a few other questions just about like you, your personal life and stuff. Like where are you located right now? You said you're Maryland, right? Yes. I'm mean, right? uh, okay. Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I am still working, um, okay. as local travel, like I said. Um, and that's, and that's really just to have more money for funding the wedding and, uh, you know, everything that comes with that. And then hopefully we're going to buy an investment property, um, kind of towards the middle end of this year. Um, so just having the extra money for that, but long term, uh, I would also like to transition away from bedside nursing, um, mm-hmm. just into a different role, even just honestly continuing to grow this, uh, cause I, you know, see the potential in it. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, kind of where we're at. We're in Baltimore, Maryland right now. Um, and then my fiance, she's actually been uh, on the DL. She's been on the d- disabled list. So I'm also okay. the primary, you know, breadwinner right now. But fortunately, you know, during all our travels, you know, we were both able to like save and put away enough money that she's comfortable. You know, she doesn't like need to work. It's like not financially stressing us out. So um, that's also like another great thing about, you know, taking your personal finances seriously is, you know, you yeah. can be financially secure and like losing your job from an injury for like three to six months is like not going to financially ruin you, you know? Yeah. You kind of have to be ready for the unexpected. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's great that you guys are able to be afloat, like regardless of that. Is she doing okay? Yeah. She's, she's actually doing much better now. Trust me. At first it was bad. She, she tore labrum. So she had to have uh, like 
repair surgery. Yeah. And this was end of November. No, early December. She had the surgery. Um, and then just now she's like starting to do uh, physical, like physical therapy again. Um, and she's like slowly getting, gaining strength back. So they actually said that she might be cleared to go um, as soon as like the middle of February, end of February. Okay. Good. Okay. But she's still a little torn now too, because she doesn't want to re-injure it. So she's a little nervous, but so she's going to try to find something that's like, maybe not as demanding, like a position that's like a little less taxing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Was she doing like adult floor nursing as well? She was She pretty much similar to me. Same like tele, med surge, PCU, step down kind of experience. Uh, we both did transplant for a little bit. So okay. I think she's just trying to find a position that like maybe she knows someone else at or, you know, kind of get like the down low ahead of time. Yeah. So she knows yeah. it's not like crazy, you know, like a mess. And then, uh, yeah, so we'll see. We're going to take it from there February, see yeah. if she can go. Um, but same thing, honestly, if it's like just nothing's a fit. Uh, you know, we have the wedding at the end of May, you know, it may just be extended time off for her. Um, you know, that sounds great. (laughs) That'd be so helpful. Yeah. I think after that, she actually, she plans on leaving the bedside too. She actually completely like diverting away from nursing. So we'll see, we'll see where it leads her. She's, she's actually trying to get into like pharmaceutical or medical device sales. Cool. So she has a couple, she has a couple friends that do it. So that's kind of like the next path I think she's going to pursue. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there. That's awesome. Where's your wedding? So um, it's actually a destination wedding. So we're doing it in the Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. Cool. Oh, nice. And maybe the listeners out there are thinking like, oh, wow, like that like sounds expensive. But <laughs> I'm sure it's not at all. It was actually the least expensive option that we could find. You know, we looked in the, you know, the DMV, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia areas, and we literally could not find a venue that was, that we liked. And, you know, we thought like looked nice. That was like any less than $20,000, $25,000 just to rent the venue. And, you know, that's no vendors. That's no, you know, paying for meals, you know, open bar, things like that. And we were just like, wow, it seems like we're just gonna, you know, maybe elope. And then, you know we just decided to look at all our options and we ended up finding out that the destination weddings like weren't too bad. And they actually offered reasonable packages. Obviously you can't like invite everybody and have all like the same number of guests, but that also keeps it more intimate too. So we'll probably only have about 30, 40 people. Um, and and yep, we'll be, uh, we'll be in paradise to celebrate after. So it's Uh, also like a little mini vacation. So it's like another way to rationalize it. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Congrats. That's super exciting. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Um, it. Emily, where are you getting married? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, In the mountains in Colorado. Wow. That'd be beautiful. I saw pictures of people like doing like either engagements or like weddings, like in Vail or like some of the resort areas. And it looks amazing. Yeah. It's going to be a little south of the resort areas. It's in a town called Salida, but it, um, it's not really a ski town, but it's just an adorable little like mountain town. It's, it's going to be great. I'm super excited. Um, end of June, going to be warm, beautiful. So can't complain. Just was expensive. So yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be gorgeous. I'm super excited. And um, Anthony, are you guys both from the East Coast originally? Or Yeah, she's uh, actually from Maryland and that's where we met. Uh, I met her okay. actually on a travel assignment in Baltimore. Uh, nice. Cool. Three years ago. No, 2018. So four years ago. Okay. And uh, nice. yeah, we she was just like a staff nurse. I was a travel nurse. And then we stayed in touch for a while. And then eventually we ended up dating. And then that's when she started travel nursing too. And then we decided nice. to travel nurse together. And uh, oh, that's it. what took us out to the West Coast. We we started uh, the Friendly Travelers, uh, We our tempt at a YouTube page. Yes. And uh, yeah, that gave us, you know, some interesting skills and knowledge into that, you know, videoing. So yeah, I, I give you a lot of credit for all like the edits and taking the time to record. I know it all adds up. So yeah, yeah it can definitely be a lot of work. <laughs> it really can. That is awesome. We both met our, um, our partners 
on travel assignments as well. So, wow, common theme, yeah. you know, is yeah. you know, you probably share like a lot of similar like personality traits and just like kind of like life views. So it, it makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah. Oh, that's it so does. cool, though. Awesome. Um, where all did you travel, nurse together? Um, we traveled in California, so we were in Southern California, uh, right outside of LA in Redondo Beach at this uh, mm -hmm. place, little company of Mary Torrance. And then we went up to Stanford. We actually ended up staying there for almost a year. Um, just oh, well. because at the time, like their hospital is amazing. One of the best like nursing hospitals I've ever worked at. Mm -hmm. And with the pandemic rates, it was like almost, it was almost stupid to not stay. Um, you know, it was, as you could probably have heard, like rates, you know, five, six, $7,000 a week. Um, yeah. so it just made sense for us to stay. So we ended up staying for the full year. Um, wow. and then after that, we went up to Seattle, Washington, um, at a Swedish hospital. And then we just came back to Maryland Nice. just to be closer to everybody. Um, you know, family and friends. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Great. Yeah. Stanford yeah. is a great hospital. You've worked there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I worked in their NICU. Um, and I went to college in San Francisco. So that was one of the hospitals I did like my clinical rotations at. Oh, where did you go? Did you go to UCSF? Um, I went to SF state. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, that must have been yeah. that must have been an amazing college experience. I loved getting it. Getting to be in the Bay <laughs> Area. And... It was awesome. I miss San Francisco a lot, but I could never live there again. So, the cost of living is is very expensive there. Um, Astronomical. Like, but the area is is amazing. I agree. I just I just remember there's being so much within a driving distance that you can mm -hmm. get to. It was just like unlimited awesome. options. Yeah, totally. It's great. Um, my, and like one of my best friends from nursing school still works at Stanford. She's worked there, um, since she graduated. And I know, I just know from her how much they support their nurses, um, at that hospital and just like California in general is just because of the unions is, you know, nurses are treated a lot better. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish every state, uh, you know, took nursing like as seriously as California. I do too. <laughs> Mm -hmm. because i think that would make it a lot a lot better too and like more um more compelling for nurses to like stay you know yeah. as staff and things like that you know if they were getting fair raises and they were getting you know good benefits and and retirement contributions yeah. and matches like all right exactly. they wouldn't have to go travel you know right nope yeah i think honestly like when i i traveled there before the pandemic so um, the nurses that were staffed there were still making probably the same as I was as a traveler, if not even more still, because of just like they, you know, you got the time and a half after eight hours yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. and then yeah, every time. Yeah. So you got like four hours of time and a half, every yeah. single shift and like all their differentials and everything. They were just making so much freaking money <laughs> that it was the same as making travel pay. Right. Yeah. So they make that constantly upsetting but it's great for them <laughs> yeah no I, I support i support all these initiatives um you know of nurses trying to just yeah make a change and uh help bring about change for the profession going forward because i i think if something doesn't get done uh you know we'll definitely reach a breaking point because you know eventually you know them dangling you know the carrot out in front of nurses you know oh just take this incre increased pay you know, but like it's it's so many other things, you know, just like being mm -hmm. supported and having benefits and, you know, having break nurses. And mm -hmm. so I hope just like all around comprehensive, better for nurses going forward. But we'll see. A lot of change has to happen and a lot of support from yeah. politicians. So, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Fingers crossed, though. Yeah. Well, where can everyone find you on the social medias? <laughs> the social medias the social medias <laughs> um they can find me on instagram uh so it's financially fit rn um and that's where i just post all of my free uh personal finance education uh content you know reels posts infor informational graphs uh and then yeah uh i also do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching you know if nurses really wanted some extra guidance and someone to kind of walk them through the whole process 
Um, and then the book is also there so they could find the link to find that. Um, otherwise, yeah, I don't have a TikTok. Uh, <laughs> people have been telling me about the TikTok and, uh, <laughs> we, we don't really under, we don't really get it either. We have one, but like, it makes no difference. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> We're not consistent enough, but yeah. yeah. And now, and now they can find me on this podcast, Drunk or Delicious. Yes. yes. So, yes, you think. And on um, Behind the Scrubs, too. But Behind the Scrubs, all, all great podcasts, Cup of Nurses. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm out there. If, you know, if you're a, a new follower and you, you know, want to message me and say hello and introduce yourself, I'd love to, to meet you and kind of hear your journey and see if there's any way I could help. Awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. It's yeah, great it was, with been you. great. <laughs> it was so nice talking to you both in person, and I I hope you have a good night. I think I'm further along. I'm on the East Coast, so it's it's like six thirty. I think I'm about to go eat some dinner and relax. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little ahead too, of you. So, so yeah. enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And, and it's, Thank you. It's gonna be on the show. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.